think well on it, or Reflections on the Great Truths of the Christian Religion for Every Day of the Month, by Bishop Richard Challoner. 25th Day, on the Passion of Christ, and first on our Savior in the Garden of Gethsemane. Consider first how the Son of God, who came down from heaven and clothed himself with our humanity, in order to be our priest and our victim, and to offer himself a bleeding sacrifice for our sins to his eternal Father, was pleased to begin his passion by a bloody sweat and agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night before his death, here having left the rest of his disciples at some distance, and taking with him Peter, James, and John, who before had been witnesses of his glorious transfiguration on Mount Tabor, he begins to disclose to them that mortal anguish, fear, and sadness which oppressed his heart. My soul, saith he, is sad even unto death. Matthew 26. That is, with a sadness which even now would strike me dead, if I did not preserve myself in order to suffer still more for you. Sweet Jesus, what can be the meaning of this? Didst thou not lately cry out, speaking of thy passion and the desire that thou hadst of suffering for us? I have a baptism wherewith I am to be baptized, and how am I straitened till it be accomplished? Luke 12. Whence then comes this present sadness? Was it not thou who hast given such strength and courage to thy martyrs, as not even to shrink under the worst of torments? And art thou thyself afraid? But, O oh, dear Lord, I plainly understand that it was by my own choice that thou hast condescended to suffer thyself to be seized with this mortal anguish. It was for my instruction that thou mightest suffer so much the more for my sake. I adore thee under this weakness, if I may be allowed to call it so, no less than on thy throne of glory, because it is here that I better discover thy infinite love for me. Consider, secondly, how our dear Savior, under this anguish and sadness, betakes himself to prayer as the only refuge under afflictions, the only shield in the day of battle. But take notice, my soul, with what reverence he prays, prostrate on the ground, to his eternal Father, and with what fervor, with a loud cry and tears, says the Apostle, Hebrews 5, 7. Learn then to imitate him. In this prayer he condescended so far as to apply his inferior part to perdition, that the cup of his bitter passion might be removed from him. But then he immediately added, Yet not my will, but thine be done, to teach us under all trials and crosses a perfect submission and resignation to the divine will. Consider thirdly how our Savior interrupted twice his prayer to come and visit his disciples, but found them both times asleep. Ah, my soul, and is it not thy case also to sleep, that is, to indulge thyself in a slothful, sensual way of living, whereas the whole life of thy Savior was spent in laboring for thy salvation, and all he then suffered, he suffered for thee. Ah, pity now at least his comfortless condition, whilst on the one hand his father seems deaf to his prayers, and on the other his disciples are too drowsy to afford him the least attention. In this desolate state an angel from heaven appears to comfort him, who is the joy of angels. Oh, what humility! But what kind of comfort, think you, did this angel bring? No other but the representing to him the will of his eternal Father, and humbly entreating him in the name of heaven and earth not to decline the imparting to poor sinners by his infinite love, the plentiful redemption for which he came into the world, and to undergo the ignomies and torments of one short day's continuance, with the prospect of promoting the salvation of mankind, 
and the eternal glory and honor which the Godhead should receive from his sufferings. Let the light consideration of the will of God, his greater honor and glory, and the good of thy own soul comfort thee also under all thy anguish and crosses. There can be no comfort more solid. Consider fourthly the mortal agony which our Savior suffered in his soul this night during his prayer. We may judge of his pains and anguish by the wonderful effect they produced in his body, by casting him into so prodigious a sweat of blood as to imbue the very ground on which he lay prostrate. Sweet Jesus, who ever heard of such an agony? But what thinkest thou, my soul, was the true cause of all this anguish and the bitter agony of thy Savior? Chiefly these. First, a clear view and a lively representation of all that he was to suffer during the whole course of his passion, so that all the ignominies and torments that he was afterwards successively to undergo were now all at once presented before the eyes of his soul, with all their respective aggravations, by which means he suffered his whole bitter passion twice over, once at the hands of his enemies, and at the other time by his own most clear and lively imagination of all that he had to suffer. But why, dear Jesus, these additional agonies? Tis only thy love can answer. Another cause that contributed to our Savior's anguish was a distinct view of the sins of the whole world, from the first to the last, of the horrid crimes and abominations of mankind, all now laid to his charge to be cancelled by the last drop of his blood. Ah, how hideous, how detestable were all these hellish monsters in the eyes of our Savior, who alone had a just notion of their enormity, by having always before him a clear sight of the infinite majesty by them offended. O Lord, how great a share has not my sins had in this tragical scene! How much, alas, did they contribute to thy pains and grief! A third cause of our Savior's agony was the foreknowledge he had of the little use Christians would make of all his sufferings. He foresaw that blindness and hardness of heart by which they would pervert this antidote into a mortal poison and tread his blood under their feet, as well as the eternal loss of so many millions of souls for which he was to die. All these sad and melancholy thoughts, assailing at once the soul of our Redeemer, cast him into a mortal agony and forced from him those streams of blood. Ah, Christians, pity now the anguish of your Savior, and resolve never more to have any hand in afflicting his tender soul by sin.